0: Or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So, if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now: expressvpn.com/ringslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com/ringslore. expressvpn.com/ringslore to learn more. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. The show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Welcome back, listeners. This is your host, Tom. Or Robots, as you can probably tell from the... uh, acoustics this week I'm recording on location here uh, a bit underground I thought I would do something a little bit different in order to make this episode a little bit uh, more accurate for uh, for the dwarves because this episode's about the dwarves we talked about the elves last week and it's time to discuss the dwarves what's interesting about this is that in the Silmarillion, Tolkien dedicates chapter two to the creation of the dwarves and chapter three to the coming of the elves, and there's a reason for this. The coming of the elves actually occurs after the creation of the dwarves, which might be kind of a shock to some of you if you haven't read The Silmarillion, if you don't know about this lore yet, and I reverse it because of the importance of the children of Iluvatar and the coming of the elves and of course the, you know, uh, all of the, the build-up to it. But chronologically, these things happen in the other, the other way. Technically. So, we're going to get into that a little bit on today's episode. But I thought you might like some of the ambiance here because of course the dwarves have a lot to do with Caves and the earth being under the mountains. So let's get into it. The dwarves are interesting. And when I think about the dwarves, I think about my father. So I'm going to dedicate this episode to my dad. And I think that this episode's actually going to be very personal for me. Um, most of these episodes on this show, I try to be very... Topical. I try to be very focused on the lore. I I try not to get too personal. But I think on this episode, I hope you guys will go with me here and allow me a little bit of time to be a little bit personal. Um, I don't know if my parents are listening to this episode. Sometimes they'll tune into some of the shows I do. I know my mom likes to hear me talk about stuff. But my dad's going through some health issues and. If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be into The Lord of the Rings. I wouldn't be into a lot of the things that I have found a love for in my life when it comes to fantasy and fictional works. I probably wouldn't have a career in podcasting. And, I mean, on a whole, there's a whole lot of things I can ascribe to because of my father and the things that he turned me on to because of his influence. So I have a lot to thank him for in my life. Um, But J.R.R. Tolkien's work, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, I've mentioned him before and the fact that he turned me on to reading The Hobbit when I was in fifth grade. Um, And when I think of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, when I think of these works, I associate my father with his love of the dwarves. And he, he would always point out the dwarves when we would read the books or whatever we talk about the books. And later on, when the movies came out, the movies came out during a time that I was in college. And every year, they would come out around the holidays, around Christmas time. And I would come back from college, and we would go see the movies together. And he, he had a, a place in his heart for Gimli. He loved the dwarves, and I think that there's a relation there to uh, a piece of him that kind of associated with that because of the um, a time and place that he was in, probably, when he came to love the works. Uh, his, his life when he was in, like, high school and college, and um, he, he played football, and he went by the nickname Bulldog, and he was athletic and muscular, and and he's a pretty average height kind of guy, but I think compared to some of the other guys on the team, he was probably a little bit smaller, but he was, he was stocky and muscular, and they called him Bulldog. And I think that he kind of associated himself with the dwarves because of that, being kind of a smaller, muscular kind of guy. And that's my interpretation of it. Maybe he would tie it to some other things that I'm not aware of, but... Or maybe, you know, maybe he just really likes the dwarves because of their personalities and because of their big hearts and mining. I don't know. He's not a miner. But anyway, this is this is an episode dedicated to him. So I'm going to find a place here that's not so echoey and let's get into it. So I mentioned the Dwarves were created technically before the children of Iluvatar, the Elves. But, well, were they created before? Because I mentioned on the previous episode that the Elves were awoken. So it creates this interesting conundrum. Were the Elves always there from the beginning and they were woken up? We don't actually have the details about that. All we have is the word awoken. So put a pin in that and create your own headcanon around it and come back to it later. What we do know has to do with Aule. Now, remember Aule, the Vala who was all about creating things. He's tied to the physical... Properties of the world. Ale, Yavanna, they're married, they're tied together. Ale is the stuff of the world, the mountains, the minerals, things like that. Yavana, the plants, the things that grow. And Ale is much like Iluvatar in that Ale loves to create. He loves to make things with his hands. He wants to build Similar to Yavanna, Yavanna wants to grow. Ale also, similar to Melkor, wants to build and create. And there's a dichotomy here. There's a similarity here. And we have to go back to the time before the coming of the elves. Remember this time period where there's not a whole lot going on in the world. It's the spring of Arda. The world is dark. The trees... ...have come into existence. There's light over in Valinor. And there are stars out. And Ale is waiting for the children. But he's becoming impatient. And he has decided to take it upon himself... ...to create children of his own. He so desires to have learners... ...that he can teach his lore and his crafts to... And he is unwilling to wait for the designs of the Iluvatar. So he crafts for himself his own children, the dwarves. He goes deep under the mountains and he crafts for himself seven of these children. And he doesn't know what the Iluvatar has in his mind for the design of his children. He has a vague concept of what they might look like, this kind of humanoid shape concept. But he doesn't fully know the full designs, but he gets kind of close. And so he designs the dwarves. These seven children, these become the seven fathers of the dwarves. And it says here in the Silmarillion, and we're going to quote this passage, Ale made the dwarves, even as they still are, because the forms of the children who were to come were unclear to his mind, and because the power of Melkor was yet over the earth, and he wished, therefore, that they should be strong and unyielding. So he made them especially strong and dense, and I don't know that he could have made them in any other way, because this was his nature— His nature was the stuff of the earth. So he made them in a way that was similar to himself. The things that he was lord over. So the dwarves in their very nature are like the rocks of the earth. They are hard. They are strong. They are unyielding, even in their personalities. And he chose to do this underground. Not just because that was the realm of where he worked, but because he wanted to do this in secret. He didn't want the other Valar knowing that he was doing this. But of course, Iluvatar knew. He saw everything. And in that hour, it is said in the Silmarillion, the very hour that Aule's work was complete, Aule was pleased. And... He began to teach the dwarves the speech that he had created. He devised a speech. He didn't just make the dwarves in Tolkien's world. Things aren't complete unless they can talk. And we've talked about this before. He gave them a speech. He gave them words and he taught the dwarves to speak because they needed to be able to talk to each other. They weren't actually intelligent beings unless they could speak. And he gave them their own language. And Tolkien himself devised the Dwarven language the same way he devised Elven languages. And in that very moment, Iluvatar spoke to him. And Alay knew right then that he, that he done messed up. That was it. And he was silent. And it says here, and the voice of Iluvatar said to him why hast thou done this why dost thou attempt a thing which thou knowest is beyond thy power and thy authority for thou hast from me as a gift thy own being only and no more and therefore the creatures of thy hand and mind can live only by that being moving when thou thinkest to move them and if thy thought be elsewhere, standing idle, is that thy desire? An ally answered, I did not desire such lordship. I desired things other than I am to love and to teach them so that they too might perceive the beauty of Ea, which thou hast caused to be. He just wanted to create creatures to love and to teach and to share the Aluvatar's creation with. That's all. And the conversation here is is very interesting. This situation echoes so many different situations. There are echoes in, in this situation, and we're going to discuss this on the second half of this episode, of biblical stories like abraham and isaac and that's coming up in a little bit but also there's there's a similarity here between what Ale is trying to do and what melkor has already done because melkor wants to create on his own as well there's an echo here melkor also wants to take for himself and make his own things in the music, he's trying to create his own melodies right at the start. And Luvatar stops him and changes the song. And Melkor, in Melkor's version, in Melkor's story, in Melkor's version of this story, I guess I should say, has no humility. He is not sorry for what he does. And he simply digs in... And keeps trying. There's no humility. There's no explanation. There's no apology. There is only an attempt to keep at what Melkor wants to achieve. And in doing that, he furthers himself more and more from the will of Iluvatar. But in this situation, Ally takes a different course. And we're going to discuss more of that on the second half of this episode, so stay tuned. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and I'm not going to take too much of your time. I just need to take a few minutes in order to thank our new patrons, Chris M. and Russ E., Thank you so much for signing up on the Patreon. I really do appreciate it. This is my full-time job podcasting, and every little bit helps. And thank you so much. I hope you guys are enjoying the bonus episodes you get every week. And so far, we're up on up to, what, this would be episode six. So episode five, well, you didn't get a bonus episode. That was kind of a, an extended episode. So that would be five episodes plus five bonus episodes. So if you signed up today, you would get five bonus episodes including this week's bonus episode as well. And in this week, we'll be going on in a little bit extra detail about the elves and the other creatures in the world. And so... Tune in for that if, if that's something you're interested in. But uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Let's see. We're up to, I believe, let me let me pull up the number here. We're up to nine already. Man, thank you to all of you guys. That is amazing. If you're interested in helping, the, helping me out or if this show is helping you get through your workday, your commute, your workout, whenever you're listening, then head over to patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast, And also, I missed reading this review the other week because it came in like right after I had recorded the episode. But this review came from Peanut Butter and Skittles in the U.S. who wrote on Apple Podcasts, worth a listen, five stars, Robot Radio does it again. Tom is a podcasting tour de force yet again, taking a massive IP and breaking it down in easy to follow and engaging, engaging listens really makes the time go by easy on long commutes. Keep on keeping on. So thank you so much, peanut butter and Skittles. And that is an amazing name. Um, If you'd like to help me out in other ways than doing things like this will be a huge help. Leaving a review on Apple podcasts, uh, rating it five stars, rating it five stars on Spotify, all of that stuff is huge because it lets other people know that this show is worth checking out and your words are way more valuable than mine because it lets people know what you like about the show. So, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, if you have an Apple account, that is a great way to do it. Just search Lord of the Rings Lorecast, Apple Podcasts, it'll come right up. And heck, just telling your friends, "Hey, I've been listening to this Lord of the Rings podcast. You should, if I know you like Lord of the Rings, you should check it out." All of that stuff helps a ton so thank you to everyone who takes the time to do any of that stuff it really means the world because i could do the best show in the world but if it wasn't for you guys then nobody would listen so thank you so very 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 much all right let's get on with the rest of the show So Ale here really shows his metal. Man, I just came up with that. And that's hilarious because Ale, the stuff of the world, the stuff of the earth, metal, man, dad jokes. Um, but he, he really shows what he's made of here and how he is different from Melkor because he explains to Iluvatar what he's actually trying to do. And then he offers to give it all up. Let me read this passage to you, because, of course, Tolkien's words are so much better than my own. (laughs) I I can't I can't outdo Tolkien at his own words. So here you go. So I'm going to reiterate a little bit at the beginning of this paragraph. But here it is. Then Aule answered, I did not desire such lordship. I desired things other than I am to love and to teach them so that they, too, might perceive the beauty of Ea which thou hast cast or caused to be for it seemed to me that there is great room in arda for many things that might rejoice in it yet it is for the most part empty still and dumb and i'm going to pause here he doesn't mean dumb as in stupid he means dumb is in the original definition of the word silent the world is silent He wants other creatures to speak and to talk to the same way that the elves needed to speak. Talking is important. Words are important. This is Tolkien. His words are important. (laughs) If I haven't made that clear yet, this is another passage that makes this 100% clear, at least if you understand the original definition of the word dumb. It goes on. And in my impatience, I have fallen into folly. So, like, again, I done goofed up. I'm sorry. Yet the making of things is in my heart, from my own making by thee. Like you put it here, buddy. You gave me this this gift, and it's something I, I long to do because it came from you. And the child of little understanding. That makes a play of the deeds of his father may do so without thought of mockery, but because he is the son of his father, right? Like the child is going to imitate the dad, not because he's making fun of the dad, but because he's looking up to his father, right? Like the little kid who looks in the mirror and pretends to shave his face isn't doing so because he's making fun of his dad. He just wants to be like his dad. But what shall I do now so that thou be not angry with me forever? As a child to his father, I offer to thee these things, the work of thy hands which thou hast made. Do with them what thou wilt, but should I not rather destroy the work of my presumption? Then Ale took up a great hammer to smite the dwarves, and he wept. Now I'm going to pause here. This is a moment that is very similar to the story of Abraham and Isaac. This idea that he was willing to kill the thing that he loved, his creation, his child, in order to do what he thought was right. The will of his father, the will of his God, that kind of thing. And the Iluvatar had compassion upon Aule and his desire because of his humility. And this is the difference here. This is the difference between, between Aule and Melkor. Obviously, Melkor is more powerful, but they are both creative spirits who want to build things with their hands and want to create their own creatures and have dominion over those creatures in some capacity. But Aule didn't do so because he wanted to actually control them. He wanted to do so because he wanted to bring life to them so that they could learn and they could love. And when he does so, they cower away from him. And in this moment, Iluvatar responds and points out and says, did you notice that they cowered away from you? I have already given them life. They are moving on their own now because I have basically adopted them. As my adopted children, because you have redeemed yourself in this offering, basically. And I'm not going to let them come before my children. So what? Here's the deal. And, and he basically sums it up. Here's the deal. We're going to take them. We're going to bury them under the mountains. All seven of them. We're going to divide them up. And bury them under the mountains. And sometime after my children awake, we will wake them back up. And they will come out. And it's in the timeline, it's about 100 years-ish after the coming of the elves, the dwarves wake back up. And there are seven kings of the dwarves. Durin is the most well-known. And you're going to hear that name a lot. But there are others. That we don't know the names of. And they're divided up and moved around. And we'll talk about that on a future episode. And they have their own religion, I guess you could say. Their own mythologies. Their own beliefs about what happens to them when they die. Where they go. And for the most part, they worship Aule as their god. As their creator. And it says here that... They were made, of course, strong to endure that their personalities are stone hard, stubborn and fast in friendship and enmity. They are stubborn in both their friendship and their enmity. Like if you cross them, they will be hard to remedy that. But if you are friends with them, they will be stern friends for forever, you know, like that kind of thing in both directions and they will suffer toil and they will be very hardy. They will live long, but yet not forever. So they live way longer than men. We know that there are dwarves that live for centuries and maybe even millennia, but yet not necessarily as long as men. We also know that there's something about the Kings of the dwarves and resurrection And we'll dig into that in a future episode as well, which is mysterious and interesting. We also know that the elves and the dwarves have different opinions about what happens to them when they die. You see, the elves think that the dwarves return to the earth and the stone from which they were made when they die. But the dwarves don't think that that's true. The dwarves believe that Ale, the Maker, whom they who they they call Mahal, cares for them and takes them to the halls of Mandos, in a section that is set apart from the elves, because of course they don't want to just live with the elves. and And uh, Iluvatar talks about this and says the adopted children and my children aren't always going to get along. He warns Ale about this as well. There will be times where they cooperate but there will be hardship between them. Know this. (laughs) He warns warns him. Uh, But they believe that they will be set apart in a section of the halls of Mandos when they die. And in the end, they will be brought back to remake Arda after the last battle. Again, you've got these like Christian overtones that just can't escape Tolkien's writings because of his Christian background. And I don't think he puts them there on purpose. I think that they just kind of leak in from this kind of background. I mean, you could also say they're kind of from Norse backgrounds as well. This idea of a last battle, this Ragnarok kind of thing. But it's interesting. Now, remember I talked about a little bit earlier in the episode how how they hid this away from the other Valar... Well, that means he also hid this away from his wife, Yvanna. And those of you who are married in relationships know what happens when you don't necessarily tell your spouse everything. It doesn't always go so well. And in the world of the Valar, we know that when two Valar come together and cooperate, that has real-world ramifications for the way things actually work. And the opposite can be true as well. When the two Vala don't work together on something, those two things don't actually work together in the way the world really works. And so Ale goes to Yavanna and explains what happens. He basically owns up to all of the Valar and says, hey, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> I done messed up. This is what's going on. Aluvtar found out and uh, he was he was super awesome to me because, you know, I owned up to it and he actually blessed me with some really awesome things and he made it all right. He's a super awesome father guy thing <laughs> and yovana was like yeah man that sounds great you got real lucky on this one huh and he was like yeah yeah i'm real lucky and Yavana was like yeah but it's kind of a bummer you didn't tell me i mean of course i'm paraphrasing right um and ali's like what do you mean and she's like yeah those uh those kids you made i mean they're not my kids right and he's like, yeah, I kind of made them on my own, huh? And she's like, yeah, they're not going to get along with the plants so much. Huh? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I guess not. And she's like, yeah, they're going to they're going to chop down a lot of trees and not really get along with the plants very well. Which is great because like that's it's so true, right? Like the dwarves don't get a, they, I mean, they just don't like think about Gimli in. Fangorn forest dealing with like tree beard. Totally not his place. He's just super uncomfortable there. And it's just, that's just the way this works. And it's from that way from the beginning. It's amazing. It's a like Tolkien had all of this planned out from the beginning and he's consistent with it. And it's amazing. So That's the dwarves. That's the creation of the dwarves. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this stuff. Come join us on the Robots Radio Discord. There's a link in the show notes. You can always just search it. There's a link on the website, robotsradio.net. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these things. And if you're interested in a little bit more, a little bit deeper dive, there's, of course, the Patreon and the bonus episode. And thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys next week. And until then, stay safe out there. And, uh, you know, if you're going to do something super secretive for an all-knowing creator deity, then maybe you should know better. But if you do, repenting and being humble about it's probably the way to go. All right. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts. The Elder Scrolls Lorecast, The Witcher lore cast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio, or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes, or just search Robots Radio Discord, or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories, community, just press play.